longest-running talk show. I've uh, been 33 years I've been doing this, and I've been blessed to know Tom Bendetti for about 25 maybe of those years. At least, yes. Yes, and it's so good <laughs> to see you here, Tom. Um, well, thank you. You bring blessings. <laughs> you bring the blessed Nwong Kachog. Kachog. Thank you. And it's so good to see Nwong. It's you. been a couple of years since you last brought Nwong. Yes, it's when he uh, played with Kaola Beamer for a fundraiser, and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, we're really looking forward to this upcoming concert at Pro Arts, which will be happening this Friday at 7.30 p.m. And it's going to be um, a very special night. Uh, Nwong, we're going to be talking the whole hour about his amazing, kind of mystical <laughs> journey. Quite an amazing journey, Nwong, uh, from being born in Tibet to... Um, then spending time with His Holiness and actually about nine years in a cave amidst all of that and then becoming an amazing flautist and becoming friends with His Holiness and getting to play um, at the Carnegie Hall and we talked about the Tibet House and many fundraisers with Richard Gere and, and actually getting a chance to play at some of the big concerts and knowing people like as he played with Laurie Anderson, Paul Winter, Phil Glass and many others um, what an amazing life, and it was such an amazing life that actually um, you're going to be having a movie that was done about you showed on Thursday um, as a fundraiser on Thursday, and uh, that will be at Pro Arts as well. Yes, that will be at 7 o'clock, so yeah. it's a wonderful movie, and again, it talks about your extraordinary life, Noong, and I encourage people to see it because it's fascinating. It is, and, and I have to say I, I was blessed to be able to see Noong play Last time he was here, and um, it's you know what is interesting about you, Nuang? You actually um, don't separate your story and your playing of flute, and you intersperse. I have you on Facebook Live. Um, you intersperse your story, which is a, a, an amazing story, <laughs> uh, with your flute playing, and your flute playing uh, makes me feel. When I hear you play flute, I feel like I'm in the mountains. I feel like I, and I'm a mountain person, and Tom Bendetti's definitely a mountain person. <laughs> He's Mr. Mountain Calls uh, with so many amazing documentaries about mountains, right? Mount Kailash, too, and, and other great uh, mountains that you've been to. Right. And actually, on Friday night, you will be doing the world premiere of your latest film. Yes, it's Himalayan Prayer for World Peace, and it will, will be the actual premiere. So, yes, that will start the show out with that. Then Nawang will come out and perform his concert, and then we'll show another short film called Super Monk. And I have Tom was nice enough to give me a couple of tickets to go to the Friday performance with Nawang, and the world premiere that Tom is doing. And our good friend, Gary Forsberg, is out there, and he has the tickets in his hot little hands. You can call 808-244-9533. I hope that's the right number. 808-244-9533. Uh, this is quite a nice gift for someone uh, to be able to see this. I'll see if the phone's lighting up if that's the right number. Gary, is that the right number, 244-9533? I think. Uh, you'll tell me if it's not. <laughs> 808-244-9533 for the tickets for tomorrow night to be able to see Nuong and uh, Tom there at Pro Arts. It's proartsmaui.org. So we're going to get tomorrow? into... Tomorrow? No. No, it's Friday. 
Friday. Friday, uh, yeah. Thursday and Friday. Thursday, Thursday. But, but the concert's Friday. Friday, yes. right, absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk about your story. Um, you have, you know, everyone's movie of their life is rather interesting, and I've never been able to figure out where the karma and the dharma and all of that mixed to create such an interesting <laughs> life as you have had. I'm sure you've probably reflected on what created your interesting life story. Um, you were born at a, an auspicious time, but it was also a oh, the worst of times, the best of times, maybe the worst for Tibet. You were born right as Tibet was being taken over by the Chinese. And you realized pretty quickly that it was time to leave Tibet. Did your mother or your whole family leave Tibet? Did you all leave or just a couple of you? My uh, immediate family, my dad, mom, my sisters, and my grandparents, mm. uh, we able to leave. And uh, actually, I may add something here that is um, a Tibetan Lama came from Amdo region where His Holiness Dalai Lama was born. So this Lama ended up staying at, he went all the way Amdo, you're talking about thousand miles, wow. prostrating on the ground, wow. all the way to Lhasa where His Holiness Dalai Lama and Potala Palace exists. Yes. So uh, this Lama went all the way to Lhasa prostrating, throwing himself on the ground. Wow all the way from Amdo to Lhasa. And then on the way back, uh, he somehow he stopped at my parents' nomadic tent. We don't have a house, mm -hmm. nomadic tents. Mm -hmm. So he ended up staying with my parents. And uh, then uh, I was two, three, uh, no, no, not two, three, maybe one or two years old, mm -hmm. somewhere there. Mm -hmm. So he gave me a name and uh, blessed me. And uh, my sister, he gave name, Sonam Duma, and uh, he gave me Sonam Norbu. So anyway, why I was talking about well, that? Well, I'm just curious, Nabu isn't Nawang. So, no, no, actually he, predicted my father, oh. that's what I'm saying. He predicted my f family mm -hmm. that do not attach to anything, mm -hmm. not to your land, your relatives, mm -hmm. or your wealth, anything, but leave. Go to Lhasa, capital of Tibet, then to India. The time is going to be very bad. Mm. So my father totally believed to him yeah. and uh, asked him where are you going to go he said i'm going to go to Mbeyu, means like shangri-la bay means hidden mm. you means land hidden land yeah that's like a shangri-la is that like shangri-la yeah 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 okay. hidden land ordinary people cannot see it right but only is that like also like shambhala yeah shambhala kind okay. of shambhala mm -hmm. Shangri-La is the best um, here because the Shangri-La movie, <laughs> really that portrays the, sh the Shangri-La very well. Yes. 
So anyway, then uh, my father decided to leave. Yeah. Even my mom was kind of blackmailing him because of the relatives telling her mm. to stop him. Yeah. So my mom said, um, well, son, I'm not leaving. Oh. I'm going to stay with the relatives. Wow. And my dad said, okay, mom, if that's really what you want, then I will wow. leave enough wealth for you to take care, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I am going to leave. Yeah. And my mom, uh, grandmother, realized that this son is not going to listen yeah. this time. So she said, no, no, I'm going with you. Yeah. <laughs> so then my mom also left with her uh, dad. So then came to Lhasa, and then uh, gradually came to Tsuri, the sacred place to border to India. It's a long journey from what I've heard, right? Long, long journey. Yeah. And a but hard one. Hard one. Oh, the high, long high one. mountains and, yeah. But because of the prediction of this Lama. Yeah, you believed. Lama Sangsem, Changsem. Mm-hmm. So because of him, he, my dad left. And it changed your life. Changed my life totally. Yeah. And whatever I am enjoying the freedom, the most beautiful country in the world, America, I live here. You live in Colorado right Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so play music all around the world. How did uh, you land up going to Dharmasala and meeting His Holiness? um, That was... uh, I end up going to Dharamsala because of I had a uh, great hope I get an audience with this Holiness Dalai yeah. Lama, yeah. and uh, so his personal secretary, uh, Tibetan secretary, then Kong Tarala, he arranged to me that, and his Holiness gave me audience, so I end up able to see His Holiness to give me advice for my spiritual um, future. Did you do the retreat in the cave after you met His Holiness? Yeah. Before? After, after you met? After. Did you tell him or did he tell you? How did that happen where you end up deciding to go and retreat in a cave for that long? Well, uh, so I end up... Uh, seeing His Holiness, and uh, I asked him to give me advice So, uh, for spiritual practice. So there is a great one, Lama, Lati Rinpoche. He said, you study with Lati Rinpoche, he will teach you. And then, uh, of course, I can end up getting teaching from him. And then there is another very renowned hermit meditator in the mountain, Genyi Shitobden. So I end up getting teaching from him. So then I end up living in the mountain, Dharamsala mountain. For how long? That's four years, altogether four, four, four years. years. When you're sitting there by yourself in the mountain, you're not watching TV, you're not no watching TV. no internet. <laughs> no, 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 I was asking you if you played your flute and I was shocked, kind of surprised because I think a flute is very meditative, but you said, you weren't, wouldn't be allowed as a monk to play a flute or yeah. an instrument. Yeah. So 
Are you just sitting and meditating all day and all night for four years? Basically, unless I was studying my scriptures, mm -hmm. then of course I'm studying from the teacher, mm -hmm. or, or I'm contemplating about the... Because this is how it works in Tibetan Buddhism. You study from a lama or you study from a scripture and then you learn something. But that's the first wisdom, learning. Second, there's a three stage. Second is you, what you learned, you uh, examine about the meaning of that. Mm -hmm. You totally clarify that. And you, you clarify that. Clarify that. And By you pondering it and being it and just experiencing exactly. it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then you make sure that's what it meaning is, mm -hmm. like transitory nature of life. So this is very important, what you just said, and I'd like to kind of go over this in case people missed it, because this is a key that I have found from meditating every day of my life since I've been 13. You can read and read and read, but it, it is not just the reading. It's how you interpret interpret it and how you digest it, and then how you understand it, and then how you totally. live it. And if you just read, it doesn't do any good. I mean, yeah. it's there, but it's how you... And, and this is exactly what you were doing. You were reading, but then you were pondering, and you were dwelling with it. Making and then, sure of the meaning. Yeah. Yeah. That's the second stage of the wisdom. Mm -hmm. Now the final stage of the third, final stage of the wisdom is then you make that as a, your second nature, like the gymnast. Okay. Gymnast, how they uh, can jump around and pounder. <laughs> Without and thinking. Then, uh, it just comes naturally at that then, point. Then at a certain time, that becomes your second nature, and you can just totally do these amazing things what the gymnasts do in the Olympic. May I, okay, I'm going to use this as an example here because this is the next stage, I think. I've been thinking about this a lot myself. Okay, we'll use, for example, I don't know if you heard about the basketball player who went to Russia and she got imprisoned. Now, yeah, it's yeah, second yeah. nature. She's a basketball player. She's there. All of a sudden, she's thrown in jail. Hmm? That's something you can't practice for. That's something you would never imagine would yep. happen. And in our lives, sometimes we think we have something down and something changes and you have to really figure out how to live it in different circumstances. Did you find that's what happened to you and why you left the, um, the cave finally? Or, I mean, how was it having all that experience and understanding and second nature in the cave versus coming out of the cave four years later and living it first in India and then around the world. I didn't get the full point. Can how, you how you that? How you live that in other circumstances besides <laughs> being in the cave. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay, you're thinking of something. So, I can tell what he's thinking of right uh, now. I'm, I'm psychic. I know what he's thinking of, what happened. Okay, okay. So okay. How, how, how did okay. you walk your talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or your uh, thought? <laughs> so, uh, for instance, like uh, when you are meditating in the mountain, you 
because you want to create a rainbow city, right? Yes, rainbows so are beautiful. The rainbow is very beautiful, but at the same time, rainbow can represent two things. Yes. One thing is transitory nature of life. Yes. How maybe beautiful it is, but it exists due to cause and condition. Yes. So therefore, it will change. Mm-hmm. For sure, it will change. And it comes because with the dark clouds and the rain. Whatever. Whatever. You know, <laughs> it will change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yes. But the other side of the same coin is the beauty. Because of the cause and condition, such a beautiful, such a, such, such a phenomena called rainbow, beautiful rainbow can be created because of it depends on its cause and condition. Mm. So the cause and condition has two sides. One is its impermanence. Mm-hmm. It will bound to be transitory. But at the same time, you can create such a beautiful phenomena as a rainbow because it depends on its cause and condition. And the sun. And this cause and the condition. The sun coming out through the rain. Exactly. Yeah. This, the cause and condition is there. That means then you can create the rainbow. Yes. And it's never the same. So, so your question. Yes. For me, as a monk, I've been meditating about the transitory nature of the beauty of a beautiful lady. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping my wow. No, okay, no one don't uh, get too attracted. <laughs> but when the reality hits me, it's very difficult. Yes. Then I end up attracted to beautiful ladies. I still do, actually. But I keep my wow as a married person now is a different thing. Mm-hmm. I can make love with my sweetheart, my wife, but not with everybody. Okay? <laughs> all, all the beautiful ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but when I uh, disrobed, I mean, when I left the mountain, mm-hmm. then I uh, attracted to lady. When you are monk, you're not allowed to have a sex. Yes. So you celibate. Mm-hmm. But I kept that for 11 years. Mm-hmm. So I asked my American friends, can you be celibate for one year? Most of them said, no way. You know? So I kept celibate for 11 years. So I said myself these days, okay, not so too bad. I kept 11 years as a celibate mm-hmm. monk. But uh, before, when I was a monk, when you disrobe means it's such an embarrassment. I was so ashamed that I couldn't complete my monkhood for mm. my whole life. Right? Well, not, well, e- in Eastern philosophy, in Western, I've, I've studied as a Zen Buddhist, and I think I took my precepts in 1986, and they wanted me to wear a robe. <laughs> and I said, well, what would happen when I take my robe off? Who will I be without my robe? I said, I'm the same person. I'm the same person whether I'm wearing a robe or not wearing a robe. And so a robe should not make a difference on who I am. 
And I don't know if you really do change, except, you know, there are rules for reasons. Some of them are very old rules. I still meditate every day. I don't wear a robe. Um, and I follow the path as much, maybe more, than some people who are wearing robes. Um, because it's because I'm doing it from inside, not because I'm told to be doing it. And you're doing what you're doing to share and help raise funds for His Holiness and to bring awareness through your teachings and talks. And you don't have a robe on, but you're still you. Yep. So uh, whether I am a, well, first monk, when you become monk Buddha, the, the Buddha Shakyamuni who created the, uh, the Buddhism tradition, Buddhist tradition. So he came up with this idea that who want to be monk, okay, then you will shave your head, dress like this, yeah. monk dress, mm -hmm. and keep these vows for whole life or for three months or three years or ten years. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Mm -hmm. But there is a true tradition. One tradition, you t once you take the vow, you remain as a monk for whole life. Yeah. But one tradition, you can, like Thailand, yeah. these monks, they can have a three month as a monk yeah. or three years as yeah. a monk, or they don't have a whole life. Yeah. So it's a different two tradition there. Yeah. So um, It's an important question because this is going on in the Catholic Church as well. Yeah. We can see what happened in the Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when the rules were made and it, it created yeah. it created some problems from people who, who wanted to maybe yeah. break their vows but yeah. not wanting to tell people they broke mm. their vows. Mm. So it's it's a huge question. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. I think you need to play a song about it. We we have a second mic up here. Yeah. I think we need the song of, of, of the vow taker and the vow breaker and the still monk, Nawang Kachog. And I promised I'd give away another pair of tickets, and Gary's waiting out there. You can see Nawang playing and, and actually see the world premiere of Thomas Vendetti's movie Yay. this Friday at uh, Pro Arts. And these are wonderful tickets. Um, they're good seats. Call 808-244-9533. This is the last pair of tickets I have. 808-244-9533. Uh, 808-244-9533. And we'll listen to Nawang play his special song. or not monk. <laughs> <laughs>
Beautiful. That's that that see now that was heavenly. <laughs> <laughs> I have to follow that up with the follow up question, which I do want to remind people we're listening to Nuong Keshog. Awakening Kindness is the book that is a beautiful book that he has. Uh, with the foreword by none other than His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And when you know people like Noong does, you also have other wonderful people who made little comments here in your book. Archbis- Archbishop Desmond Tutu wrote in the foreword. Um, you also had uh, Michael Beckwith, Agape, um, and so many amazing people who gave little comments here about this amazing Richard Gere, your buddy Richard Gere, and um, the one and only Robert Thurman, who's still doing fabulous teachings yeah, to Bet House and Menla and hmm. doing wonderful work, right? So um, Awakening Kindness, Finding Joy Through Compassion for Others, a wonderful um, book. Um, and his book is not all he has on his site, Nawan Kashog. Um, dot com, Tibetan Dream Journey, um, N-A-W-A-N-G-K-H-E-C-H-O-G. Um, I wanted to talk to you about His Holiness because, okay, you, you went to His Holiness and you did your dedication and, and you said, yes, I'll become the monk. And then what happened when you went back after you left being a monk? After I left my monkhood. After you left your monkhood. <laughs> <laughs> I ran away. I <laughs> ran away. <laughs> oh, from Dharamsala where he saw in his live. So I ran away and uh, I was so ashamed of myself. I wow. couldn't remain as a monk and a hermit meditator same time. So I ran away and I stayed for, uh, at the time of, I had no idea, but I end up in Goa, where the paradise of hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Goa. And, and they, they all ran away as well. <laughs> they they all, all ran away from the Western yes, life. Yes. So anyway, I met uh, so many hippies. And uh, so that was my first really meeting with Westerners. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really. That's interesting. And they were so open. Yes. And uh, very easy to converse with them. And my English wasn't good, but I was learning. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a many wonderful chat with the different people I met. And uh, they gave me a lot of... Um, insight for my life and then uh, I shared them about my dharma, my spiritual learning and my life background to them. So it was a nice exchange with the uh, westerners and a lot of the so-called hippie but they are called hippie but they basically exploring different reality in life, mm-hmm. not only the uh, eight to n- f- eight to five regular job mm-hmm. and all this, what we do in the modern life. Well, it was but called at that time, turn in 
tune out. Yeah. <laughs> turn in and tune out. Isn't that it? Something. Tune in, turn out. Something, uh, like, something that. like that. <laughs> right. yeah. they, but they were. They were going in, and, and it was a, a movement where the only thing that I'd like to say about that is a lot of people in um, America thought if they went to, well, maybe Goa or if they went to India, that they could find um, enlightenment or they could find yeah. a truth that would change their life. Yeah. And and many of them um, went thinking just finding a guru would do that. Yeah. And most of them didn't find, some yeah. did, but yeah. most of them didn't find a guru yeah. that would do that. And most yeah. of them came back yeah. and had to deal with reality again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, sometimes that reality was different than what they imagined when before they went. Yes, they might yeah. have been changed to a degree. Yeah. But... Um, Tom Vendetti actually um, knows about a film about a place in Kauai that was like that. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor yeah. Camp, where the hippies went, and then it all kind of fell apart eventually, you know. Um, but it is an interesting thing because still, this is the path. So, what do you do? Again, it's like taking for them, you went and you take off your robe again, but does that mean you stop your path? You don't, to me, I don't think you stop your path unless you want to stop your path. You still just continue on. And so what led your path back to His Holiness? Because you ended up becoming friends with Him after all of this. Well, uh, whether I'm a shaved head and dressed in monk's robe or not, but I have all this afflictive emotion, mm. anger, greed, just jealousy, lust, and all this ignorance and all these defilements that, the human mind has, yeah, and which Buddhism means basically bottom line is you tackle with these emotions and you free yourself from this afflictive emotion or or you free yourself from this neurosis mm. that's all about yeah. that's really what the bottom line is, but it's so, not an easy thing. It's not an easy, <laughs> not thing. An easy thing. But whether I'm dressed as a monk or not, right. I have to still follow the same path mm -hmm. and to try to become better human being, right. better being, so that I have less anger, less greed, less jealousy, less uh, uh, this different uh, destructive emotion, mm. this uh, totally self-cherishing mind only care about me, 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 me. Mm. Other than that, you care about others too. You care about, of course, yourself. At the same time, you care about others. Mm -hmm. They also, like you, don't want suffering, want happiness. Same, totally same. So therefore, you should love others while you love yourself. You care about yourself, but at the same time, you care about others. Which is His Holiness' his main message. Yeah. So, therefore, I have to, whether I'm a monk or not, I'm a hermit meditator or not, wherever I am, I have to continue my deep practice. Namlong and I had a really interesting conversation about the whole concept of aloha. Because again, <laughs> he thought it was hello, goodbye type thing. Yeah. But uh, it's very similar to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Compassion, love, and uh, being aware of uh, 
especially as a psychologist, we're always talking about how negative emotions affect you personally, how you can sabotage your happiness if you're in that negative mindset, because it's all about perception, right? It's the way you perceive things and the way you frame them in your mind. And you can look at any situation and, and go either direction, really. Mm. So glass mm. being half full or half empty, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's hard to do in our society. Yes. Does it, that mean? It, yeah. It, and, it, and it is very hard to do. And on top of that, it is something that comes out sooner or later if you're doing long-term sitting in a retreat or a Zen center or Dharma center or Dharma sala. If you're sitting sooner or later, all of these things come up. Yeah. I think they every every long sitting period know. should have a psychiatrist or psychologist <laughs> on board <laughs> because these as you call them neuroses or whatever they may be, yeah, yeah. sooner or later that other side of yourself that's yeah. buried will come up, whether yeah. you're in a cave yeah. or whether you're in a retreat center or whether yeah. you're sitting at the beach for a long time looking yeah. at the ocean, sooner or later this stuff will come up right. so you can release it, right? Yeah. And and feeling guilty is uh, just actually, in a way, a hindrance that you have to let go of along the way. So leading it back to the question, how did you get back past the guilt to His Holiness? So basically, as I said, I live on the mountain or not. I'm just as a monk or not. But my neurotic emotion, my destructive emotion, they are still the same. So I have to deal with them, and uh, I have to satisfy with my wife. So I don't go around looking that who else I can have uh, sex with, or what do you call it? <laughs> well, that would be that would cover a lot of bases right there. <laughs> oh. oh uh, Right now, I have a nice small home, mm-hmm. but looking out that who else has a better house? Mm-hmm. So maybe I should have a better house, mm-hmm. bigger house, uh-huh. a better car. All this temptation, yeah. you stay away. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay away with them, and the transitory nature of life, this is such a beautiful teaching Buddha gave. Yes. Buddha actually came, Siddhartha, or the Shakyamuni Buddha, the the guy, came in India 2,500 years ago. Actually, when he came, there was already a great theistic religion who believes God and God as a creator of the universe Mm. and all that. Mm. In Hinduism, there is such a great religion called Brahma, Hinduism, Mm -hmm. Brahma who created the whole uh, world and all that, and Shiva one day will destroy everything when it's not needed or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there was already very complex and very, very um, established established (laughs) theistic religion. So Buddha didn't need to create that. So what he did and what he experienced in his life is when he went out, he saw sickness, he said suffering. suffering of sickness, suffering of old age, suffering of death, all this. He saw the different suffering of conflict, emotional conflicts, all this. 
So he decided he want to find a way out of these human emotion and sufferings. So he came up with the Four Noble Truths, and then he teach, taught the interdependent nature of everything. But first, yeah, he had to finally get to the point where he decided he was really going to choose it, not search anymore. He had to sit under that Bodhi tree and yeah. not move because I think we all have to make that final choice. It's like, okay, I've done all this, been there, done that. I'm not going to move until I get it. I'm going to choose right now, enlightenment. Yeah. And I think it's always there for us to choose, but we t we tend to be afraid and do everything we can except except that enlightenment and that beingness, right? And then with the enlightenment, same thing as Buddha did and the monks did, you have to come back and live it. And you have to, even with the Buddha, enlightened, but then had to come back and live it and teach it still. Even if you're enlightened, you have to. He didn't go to a cave after he got enlightened. He went out even more and dedicated himself to teaching, right? So that's where it boiled down. And underneath the Bodhi tree, he figured out, he realized, Buddha means one other word, awaken. Awakened. Yeah. You awaken from sleep of ignorance. Right. What ignorance? Ignorance is we all have a uh, uh, ignorance of everything exists egocentrically. And Maya. Maya or egocentric. Mm -hmm. There is a something so solid and independent. But if you really go deep down, look at deep, deep, with every reality, everything is interdependent, interconnected, inter-awakened, uh, I mean, what do you call it, dependent, arising, everything. So therefore, the egocentric has no truth in that. So everything is false. It was a illusion that we thought everything is so independent, egocentric reality. But the egocentric has no foundation at all. So you go beyond egocentric minded. That's when you become enlightened. You go beyond egocentric minded means you think you see everything is interdependent, interconnected. I want you to play that. So <laughs> So therefore, <laughs> therefore, uh, you find at ease. You become so compassionate to all beings. You l become so loving to all beings. Will you play a little bit for us? Okay. We only, we only have 10 minutes left, and I want you to play oh, ten some. 10 minutes? <laughs> only 10 minutes left. I was hoping there's another half an hour. No. Okay. <laughs> I will play this uh, beautiful little flute called Ocarina. They say that 
Ocarina is the origin of the flute. Oh. Folks, you can't see this, but it's very, very small. It, it's about two inches by Made two inches. Made out of clay. Yeah. Yay! That see now that's mountain music to me. That's like when you go up there, and you're in the higher peaks. We have our, of course our own Eyal Valley and um, Haleakala, as Tom knows well. I w I do want to mention now that um, again, Tom's been kind enough to do two special nights: the movie on Nawang's life, which is beautifully done, and Keola Beamer's mother's story that Tom did. Both are showing on Thursday for only $5 at Pro Arts. Yes, uh, Hawaiiana is at 5 o'clock, and then to the Sound of Tibet and Peace is at 7 o'clock. And, and Nawang will be there to answer questions about what is the meaning of life. Yeah, there will be we'll a Q&A <laughs> <laughs> Q after that for both films. Kayla Beamer will be there, and Moana, myself, and uh, Nawang after his show at uh, 7 p.m. And um, then the special concert with Nawang will follow your premiere of your amazing movie that you did, the world premiere, when you went uh, last year to Ladakh and Mustang. 
and uh, found um, this amazing ceremony that happened. Yes, it's called the TG Festival, and it's uh, literally the World Peace Festival in Upper New Mustang is near uh, Tibet, right near the border. So it's, again, in that part of the world that we're really c celebrating that upcoming event. And so then we're looking forward to it. Nawang will play. When you play Nawang, do you know in advance what you're going to play, or do you set like I mean, you know, I mean, I know a lot of musicians have set lists. <laughs> do you have a set list of knowing what you're going to play when you play something like this, or does it just come to you? I may have a like a um, kind of map in a way, like okay, maybe I will play. This this instrument, I may do a chanting, you know that kind of thing. Uh, but some songs maybe I will play something I have learned myself to play certain song, so I may play some song like that. But some song some songs I have really no idea what will come. <laughs> I like those the best. Yeah. So uh, improv. So yeah, I know it's 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 good. That's what you know. A lot of what Paul Horn, Paul Horn did. Yeah. So so going back to His Holiness the Dalai Lama, I believe he's eighty-seven years old now. Yeah. And I couldn't help but reflect when you were talking about at some point. I think it was about ten years ago. Mm. Um, he was asked, you know, what he wanted to do with his life, and he said, "I wanted to become. I want to go in retreat. I just want to have time as a monk in retreat." away from everything, and that never happened. He, he yeah. you know, I think it ties in with what you were saying, you know, what Buddha experienced. I mean, if you have this and you feel a need to share it, of course, yeah. and that kind of was his destiny in life. Um, he often said, and I'm sure, because you were there at many, many, many of his talks, that I'm just a humble yeah. monk, right? Yeah. You got to play with him in New York, I believe it was an outdoor talk he was doing. And yeah, I Central Park. In Central Park. How, there were how many people there? I would say 100,000 people, you know? So I had the great honor to do the opening for that. And uh, actually, Solinus was supposed to teach a, uh, eight verses of mind training. It's an official teaching about how to train your heart and mind to become more loving, kind, compassionate person. Mm -hmm. But uh, somehow he dropped that. <laughs> really. He I'm dropped not that. surprised. He improvised. He just <laughs> uh, spoke from his heart. Yeah. Very down to earth, the benefit of loving kindness, compassion, and which he does. Most of his public talk. Now, but just to be what I observe, I've only heard him talk about four or five times, different talks. There's two levels, just yeah. like with yours. There is that, always the wonderful talks that everyone can relate to and loves and why he got the Nobel Peace Prize about peace and happiness and so many books on that. But a lot of people don't realize that he does do very deep initiations and trainings mm. yep. uh, on very deep levels as yep. well. I, not as much, but there was many, many years of yeah. where he would do the public talk for everyone. Yeah. But then he would have the higher level. Yeah. You know this, Tom. Yes. Right. You had a chance to meet him and talk yes. to him. I, I don't think 
you mentioned something very interesting to me before we started talking here about why he liked your flute playing. And I'd never heard this before. I mean, we know a lot about his incarnations, and it's an amazing story how he was found as a young child and to be the next incarnation. But you said he loved your flute playing because he believed he was incarnated from Krishna at one point, and he was very attuned in loving the sound of the flute. Well, it was a Bangalore, uh, India's big city. There was a Dalai Lama institution. It's called Dalai Lama's institution, institute. So there he was giving a talk, and some young people asked him some questions. And then I, this is first time ever I heard his this talk about maybe one of his uh, previous incarnation was Krishna. So I was thinking like, wow, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. So then later I was thinking myself that I'm a known as a Tibetan flautist, mm -hmm. as a Krishna is a known as a flute god, you know, something like that, god who plays flute. Yeah. So anyway, then uh, I was thinking that that I had to open for His Holiness Dalai Lama's public talk so many times, at least a dozen times I can remember that all around the world I had to play flute. So I thought there was some connection there. Yeah. <laughs> and you laughed like him there. Well, we only have a minute left, and I have to say what a, an amazing time to be able to spend with you, Namong. Thank um, you. Really beautiful, beautiful um, conversation. And, and I have to thank you, Tom. Um, Dr. Tom Vendetti has done so many wonderful movies, and I can't wait to see uh, this next one um, because I haven't seen it yet. I, I talked to you before you went on the trip. Right. I talked to you after you came back from the trip, but I have yet to see the movie, and there's lots and lots of editing and work that you put yourself into this. And I'm so glad you invited Noong back. It's been, uh, it's been years. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And it's, it's really a treat. Um, there are people out there that know about Nuong because they may have seen him open for His Holiness. And there are people out there that may have never heard about Nuong at all. Um, but I, I did have the blessing to hear you play. And um, it is like an amazing experience that you remember when you get to see Nuong play. Mm -hmm. you, you feel that energy and that purity and that honesty that comes through from his practice um, that he's devoted his life to. So uh, I, I just have to say thank you, Nuong. Thank you, Cindy, and thank you, Tom and Nancy, both of you, yes. to inviting me, hosting at your beautiful house, yeah. and taking me to Hawaii, uh, <laughs> Honolulu, <laughs> and uh, having a beautiful, wonderful time. Thank you so much. Aloha. You're quite thank welcome. You. Aloha.